Hey everybody! This is a uh, this is a crossover podcast episode, so it's uh, it, no fancy entrance or anything. It, uh, we're live at TotalCon. Um, this is Mythwits and Wargaming Recon, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna do a live broadcast from the con, and we're gonna see how this goes. Hey, if this gets screwed up, we apologize. We're streaming live from a convention where everybody is competing for bandwidth, so we're gonna do what we can. So. Uh, so we, we came into the convention. Hi, I'm Mike. Oh, sorry. Sorry, hold on. Hi, Mike. Nice to meet you. Good to meet you. What's Hi. your name? I'm Jonathan. Pleasure. Jonathan Reinhardt. Thank you. What's your name? Asshole. My name is Asshole. Just call me Asshole. I was trying to get to that, but thanks for cutting me off. Family friendly here at Total Confusion. <laughs> 32 in Marlboro, Massachusetts at the Best Western Royal Plaza Hotel on Route 20. Yes, yes. And, and that, if, anyway. So, <laughs> so. We, we came in uh, just the other day, Mike Kafis, myself, and we Peter Bryant, and we met up with Jonathan Reinhardt. Hello, all. Which is what I was trying to get to before you stepped on me. Good job. <laughs> so anyway, um, so it's been it's been a lot of fun. Um, we are what what is today? Today is Saturday. Saturday. It is the twenty fourth of February. Nearing the end of Saturday. Yeah. So we're we're on day. Th- Three, mm-hmm. so we're a little burned. Day two, thank you for very you. much. Yeah, for Day you. Two. Yeah, and um, right. So, so what? What have you been enjoying, Jonathan? What is well, what has been your best? I want to start off by saying that because we're doing combo episode, right? And it's a little different, right? So, like, you guys have your own special seasons that you do. So, you have like a season. You have a bunch of episodes. You have your um, unique numbering for that. At Wargaming Recon, we just we go. Right. And we never stop. So for us, this is actually episode 203. Yeah. And I don't know what it is. You might not even know what it is for you guys. I mean, uh, okay, so season this, three, right? Season, yeah, season four? five. Season five, sorry. Season five. And this would be 508 if it was in line, but it's going to be a special. Right. Now, that doesn't mean 508 episodes. Right. That yeah. means every it's season. TV numbering. Right. TV yeah. numbering, yes. Yeah. So it's season five, episode eight. And I did that because, you know, I was writing like S number. E O blah blah blah. I was like, you know what? No one knows. Hey, who cares? Five oh three. It's season five, episode three. Works out great. We typically have about 40, 30, oh, 38 to forty episodes yes. per season. You guys do a lot. We do like twenty five to twenty seven, and then we do a couple. I call them best of because you know, as they say in podcasts, you don't want any dead air, right? Right. And so one of the things that um, I do, I take off half of December and half of January. So I do it for my birthday, for Christmas, and all that because it's crazy. Right. You guys all have kids. You know what it's like with families, and you got to do all that crazy mm-hmm. stuff. And TotalCon's very family friendly, so there's a lot of that going on too. So, like, I use it to recharge, but I don't want to just hang out and be dead air there. So, I or other people involved will pick two best, what we call best of episodes, the favorite episodes from the season um, of the podcasting year, and then we shove them out. So, like, we do our same release schedule, but you you don't get fresh content. But what we do is to make it so that you want to listen to it. Or in watch, so that way you're not like, I already got that one. Well, why am I going to tune in? Because I've got better things to do with my time. We'll do special intros. So we'll do like another 20-minute, half-hour intro. It's like another show on mm-hmm. top where we kind of do like a behind-the-scenes dive into it. And I'm hoping that this episode becomes one of our best-up episodes for the season. Mm, good luck. And yeah, good, good luck, luck with, with that. that. Especially with that nice opening. <laughs> of course, that might, that might have been edited by now. So <laughs> you, guys, you guys do your own editing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. Oh, we do. So uh, that would be in total editing time. What is that? About five minutes. In the yeah. Three could, years? Yeah. I could about five. Yeah. Yeah. See, 
<laughs> no, actually, dude, uh, actually, that's not true. Uh, we, we do minimize the editing, so most episodes don't get edited at all, right? But sometimes, like the the two two of them this year, I had heavy editing on because the first few minutes sound was an issue. Yeah. Uh, is anyone is anyone in the chat room could tell us if the sound is working good? Someone's watching, Mr. Just, Michael Thompson. Just to make has sure, giving us a thumbs up. Thank you for tuning into us live. Fantastic. Um. Oh yeah, so so yes, yeah, so we do about forty episodes a year, and we take off. We take off June, mm-hmm. and we take off uh, December, and mainly because ob- December is very obvious. You know, you got all the stuff that's going on, and and you know, a lot of people don't have time to watch anyway. So that was my thing. I'm like, um, you know, people don't have time over over Christmas to watch because uh, they're shopping and doing all the all the things, um, and then of course June first month of summer a lot of people off to vacation so yeah uh, it works out good for us we try and put some episodes in the bank too we'll uh, do some interviews that are like overseas and then kind of bank them if we had to record them on like a saturday or a different work night or something um and then well we'll do our best but we may have a a little hole in the cheese here and there yeah it happens and sometimes i'll take those we'll do just audio episodes so for Mm. example uh we were at balticon and we had a couple audio episodes and what I did with those was I just put them into the podcast. And then oh. I told people on the Facebook page, I said, hey, there's some exclusive podcast. Go check <laughs> out the podcast if you want to hear what we did. And that way, you know, it's exclusive to the podcast listeners. That's smart. Yeah. 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 Well, we only have about 10 of them. so <laughs> And growing. And growing. No, now it goes up and down. I no, I'm, I'm one of them. Thank right, you. There you go. Right, right. Oh, crap. Yeah, less people out there listening. There you we go. get more of our never mind. So I want to point this out real quick. Yeah, yeah. If you can see all this TSR stuff, these banners that we have. These are gorgeous, by the way. Yeah. Very well done. Yeah. Well, that's James. James and uh, Jason put those together because uh, we are part of the TSR podcast network. Absolutely. So, so uh, they, they help us uh, generate audience and, and you know, and, and an audience, <laughs> an audience, and uh, fans, an audience. your fans, whatever. Um, well, there's networking involved, right? Yes. The resources like come into yeah. that, and you get connections to things. Very handy, right? Right. So this is the TSR room that we're in right now. So the convention was very nice. Uh, they they gave us this room to to run events. So we stack it all weekend long with with stuff. Uh, this is dinner break, so all the people, uh, all the people are out eating dinner and, and such, and we basically just close this room off now this is a slot at total con but yeah. i was like nah they leave this one open so we can do our, our podcast recording um so let, let's talk about some substance there's been a lot of stuff happening this weekend at the con right uh so they actually just finished up doing what i think is the first they did a cosplay um i don't know what you want to call it a costume con- show kind a, of thing? a costume contest yeah yeah, yeah. they had ta- there was a talent portion mm-hmm. as part of the costume contest mm-hmm. yep our buddy Steve Wallet and he had uh, entered into it, uh, but he said he graciously and happily lost to uh, a younger girl who she, he said put on quite a good performance in her talent. So That's awesome. congratulations! I don't know the name, but congratulations to him. Yeah, I uh, saw Angelia in the uh, elevator when I was getting this this cord that we needed. Um, she said that the girl sang a shanty, nice. right, and oh. that, that's what put it over the top. Steve, for his talent portion, was uh, he said something like "Death to Dark Phoenix." I don't know who this Dark Phoenix. I'm is, not aware you know, right, of this this Dark Phoenix that we don't not in competition with at all. <laughs> uh, 
friendly, friendly competition. No, anyway, so that he he didn't really have much in the way of, of a of a talent, uh, but his costume was was awesome. Yeah, was who was it? Captain Harlick Captain of the. Uh, uh, it's an anime. Yeah, it's an old old school anime. And the guy gave him some kind of guff about it. it was like, well, you're not a real pirate. <laughs> and he said, no, you're just outdated, or you're just on the, you know, you're an old No, you're a primitive screwhead. primitive screwhead. Screw it was, right. was his words. Okay. That's um, funny. Yeah, and we've, so we've been running a bunch of events. I ran a, uh, I ran a, a Cuba death last night, and it went really fantastic. Uh, the, one of the guys that was running rooms in here, we had, he had seven, he had seven events in this room. And he had to bail out. He had a he had a problem at home, so we tried to fill his events as best we could, and it's been pretty successful. People have been okay with with what we filled with, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I it was a late night. It was a bad slot. It was eleven o'clock at night on a Friday night, uh, so I filled it with Cuba Death because I couldn't get any of these other guys that were in here to, to do that that slot. So I was like, you know what, I'll, I'll take it. Um, and the reason why I was hesitant to do it is because it's a completely different kind of thing. It's not really, hey, there's Captain Harley. Hey. hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, if Steve, if we can scoot over a little bit, Steve will join us. Anyway, so so while he's coming in to join us, um, we uh, – come around that side, Steve. So we uh, – uh, so I ran, I ran Cuba – I'm sorry, ran Cuba Death. Uh, and the people were like, oh, okay, sure, why not? We'll play a trivia game. We'll try it. Go around and say. No, no, go around and say. Um, and they, they really liked it. They thought it was awesome. Matter of fact, Doug, Doug Poirier uh, of Thunder, classic role-playing, he joined uh, He joined in. And he doesn't really like trivia games all that much. He's not even really good. All right, a little bit more, a little bit more. Um, but he he loved it. He thought it was a great game. And that that's – that's telling when somebody uh, who, who doesn't really like trivia games and wasn't really interested in it, he played it, and he told me, he's like, I love this. He's like, I'm going to back it. He's like, you made somebody who doesn't really like trivia like this game. He's like, I'm in. That's like the best testimonial you can yeah. get. Yeah. I that, mean, really. That's the good part of us running into Doug last night. Was there any other negative aspects of running into Doug last night? What, that we were up to 4.30? Or no, what, no, it was 3.30, right? 3.30? 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning? Yeah. Late yeah. night? Yeah. yeah, thanks, Doug. Yeah. <laughs> Doug was like, come on, let's go. Let's go to this party. Some dark Phoenix room or something. Right. <laughs> and uh, so he, he kept us up really late. And, uh, I mean, it's not his fault, obviously. We're, we're, we're adults. Right? Um, Some of us and, are. And adults blame people. Yes. Oh, okay. It's the enough. American thing. Sure, you. sure. <laughs> We told everyone about your uh, contest already that you gracefully lost to a, a girl who. Yes, I was so upset. I went back to my room and slit my wrist. Oh God! <laughs> he did not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that was part of his Captain Hart. Yeah, that's part of his good makeup work. Just gotta remember, Jonathan has a family-friendly show. We are very okay. Okay. so we're we're trying to okay. stay. It's all makeup. They're not really slit. <laughs> that's not really a cut on his eye. Slit his wrist with bunnies. Although we did do an episode about depression, and if you are feelings that you need to inflict self-harm about how to go and get help. It's very important. And how you can actually use gaming to deal with that, which is something that, Steve, your documentary actually had a huge section on. Yes, it. I, I really appreciate that. Dude, area. let's talk about the documentary. So Steve released his movie. Yes. Woo! The movie is out. It's, uh, it's actually LA Edge Film Awards this weekend, and we won Best Documentary. So I'm really excited nice. about that. Awesome. Yes. Yay. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. And uh, some of the things that we addressed in the film were things like uh, how gaming, tabletop gaming, role-playing, 
uh, playing with miniatures and things. Even board games can help people that have autism, depression, anxiety disorders, because it allows them an, an outlet to get these things out. It also allows them a way of learning good social skills, something you don't get when you're in a video game. I mean, a video game's great. It looks beautiful, but there's no soul to it. Right, and there's no feedback to it. So, like, if you're playing at a table with a bunch of people, you know, people will give you feedback on things, and mm -hmm. you can actually develop your social skills. You can't do that in a vacuum. You that cannot, is absolutely true. You cannot learn social skills in a vacuum. You know, you think you're talking to people online, and that's social, but it's mm -hmm. really not because you're missing out on the, you know, we talk about science on our show, so mirror neurons mm -hmm. in the brain. So mirror neurons are, are uh, when you see someone's expression, that's how you know how to make expressions mm -hmm. and how you know how to interact. Uh, you can only get that with a real face. Right. And so. physical contact has been shown to lower blood pressure. It's been shown to help people fight different disease states. I mean, there's a lot of good reasons to play face-to-face. -face. Which is another reason if I get you upset and your heart rate gets up, I should give you a hug. It's physical contact. No. It's no, okay for me to hug one it another. It is not. <laughs> so, so last uh, – Hug it out, buddy. No, no. I, I got to tell you, you know, we've had some really fun games here. Um, you know, speaking of that, oh. the other night we did a game with Steve. Yeah. Uh, his regular uh, – so he had this event. And he had a bunch of players come in, and like three of them, four, three or four, 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 four just disappeared. Like they didn't even tell you they weren't; they were leaving or no. not coming back. They no, just they, they game for ten minutes, and they got up and walked away. <laughs> right. So we we were in here, and I was like, "Well, I'm not doing anything. I'll play." Right. And Mike Mike played, yeah. and yeah. Um, who who else joined us on that one? Just out of the blue. Um, Corey, the Corey's squared were both there already, weren't they? Yeah, right, the but, two Corey's. Well, oh, oh, it was uh, Dave Benavides. Yeah, yes. he jumped in. So, right, you, you all know David. So uh, if, if you're watching Myth, if you know Mythwitch, you know David. He's in the chat room all the time. Everyone knows David. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so so it was me, Mike, and David that jumped in, uh, and, and Corey, was, Corey was already here. Right? He's already signed up for it. Yes. Dude, we had the best time. That was one yeah. of the best games I've played in a long time, and it was Thank totally you. ridiculous. I had a great time. It was ridiculous. Yeah. It was great. It was an awesome game, and I really was disappointed because the guys who actually left, I played in your game the next night with yep. the, those same guys. And they are great. They are awesome. They get into the characters. So, yeah, they left. It sucks. But the game we had blew away probably what I would have had with them. Yeah. <laughs> and they were – they were oh, God. So they came into my game last night. Uh, we were running this big, giant The Hunt event, and um, which is this – it's like a skirmish thing. So it, there's a little bit of role playing because you kind of got a character – uh, and then there's a board, and you put the characters down, and they all fight. It's like Running Man. It's, it's basically like a, a board-slash-role-playing version of Running Man. And the way you win is by points. It's not about who survives. Uh, that does help you with points, but ultimately you're playing for points. These guys were racking points like crazy. They glommed on to what this game was about in right out the gate. Mm-hmm. They had, dude. They were blowing the other teams away, yes. and it's not that the other teams aren't good players. You guys were doing great. You know, you were you were actually killing a lot of. <laughs> they lost members faster than anyone. All right, their whole team got destroyed. Yeah, their right? whole team was wiped out first, and, right. uh, and yet they still won. Yeah, <laughs> they did. nobody could catch up after the right. amount of, I guess, the kamikaze type kills that they earned points on killing themselves and somebody else. And dude, like every round, they were doing testimonials, which was part of the game, right. and they were acting it out, and they were getting tons. Of, those points added up a lot. It was it was like mm -hmm. five hundred here, six hundred there. You know, and people were getting like 
you know, 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 points for things. But these guys were constantly getting 500, 500, 500, right. 500, and it was adding up. And they just they blew it out. The, they, they just blew it out. And the so other thing is, like, as their characters were being taken out during the course of this, it was really fascinating to watch their group because their group, they got more excited about it. Even though they were being wiped out, it, on the surface it looked like they were losing. Right? But they were just so excited about everything and so into it. But like with my team, when the guys got wiped out, they sat in the corner and looked depressed. Yeah. Know? And yeah. my team came in last place. Yep. But I won the game regardless of it. Yeah. Oh, but, uh, <laughs> meet Shield. Meet Shield. <laughs> what, yeah. All right. Yeah. So really quickly, this game is called The Hunt. And it's basically a game, if you just imagine, uh, The Running Man. So uh, look for it. TSR is going to be partnering with... They already have. TSR is the one selling it, so if they should buy it, it's from TSRgames.com. Uh, why don't we start with that? Because not everyone might be aware of The Running Man, oddly enough. Oh, oh yeah, okay. I'm so sorry. We're old. Like, like, we're go, old. Back sorry. The, go back to Foundation, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right, Jonathan. Thank I you. I mean... For our younger viewers... I got depressed. So if you're my age or younger... <laughs> I can't right? talk. I can't talk. If you're the kid in the room... Right. So The Running Man is based off a Stephen King book. Yes, uh, and it's weird because it's like it's like a sci-fi. Type. Well, it does have kind of horror elements. It really the movie made it more of a sci-fi, but I bet the book you read the book, right? It was a short story. Short it was, story. God, that was like thirty years ago, right? I but it was, but, but it was it probably was a little more on the horror no, side. No, but he no? did a lot of non. He uh, under his alias because he didn't write it as Stephen King. Oh, he, he wrote did, it as uh, Bachman or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Under a, that alias, he did not write horror. He wrote. Other types of stories. Gotcha. Okay, all right. It's a yeah. dystopian society right. yes. in the future. Yeah, so you go in the future, cyberpunkish, or however you want to like talk about, like dystopian, or however mm-hmm. you want to phrase So basically in the future, you know, crime has, has, has gone out of control, and, you know, people don't care as much about each other as they used to, and, you know, life is less precious. So they take prisoners, and they put them in this arena, and they, they put the prisoners up against uh, these, you know, people with like weapons and and like it's like WWF meets I don't know cyberpunk dystopian WWF game. meets death race without cars there you yeah, go okay. all right fantastic <laughs> and and the idea is is that these guys with all these weapons and stuff kill prisoners and right. if the prisoners can survive even though it's stacked against them mm-hmm. they get let go kids IBDM At running least. man and death race is an right. Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Yeah, and the letting go part is at least in theory. Remember, these are corporate oligarchies that are running the world right now, and you never can trust a corporation. Right. So letting go means that <laughs> they say they let you go. Right. 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 Anyway, <laughs> so so the idea of the game it's it's really crazy. It's it's Gonzo. It's over the top. You know, you get points for personal disregard for personal safety. You lose points for being cowardly or running mm-hmm. away. Um, I don't know. You were doing the point. You were like calling out the points. What, mm-hmm. what like, what was some of the things you get points for? You uh, actually get points for if you dodged bullets, right? Or if you dodged uh, an explosion, you get points for successfully injuring uh, people. Uh, a lot of points for successfully ending a player's life, right? Right. Including your own, right? Yes. Although you lose points because you died. So if you lose it, that was one of the things that that got people at. At the end of the game, you tally all the all the players that were lost, and you lose points for those because your team lost. Gotcha. Right, but it's it's actually a net because you get five thousand for killing a hunter, even if it's yourself. Mm-hmm. Right, 
but then you lose two thousand for losing that hunter. Got so it. it's a net. So if you kill yourself, you get three thousand. Now <laughs> we we were playing it as a tournament thing. Yes. In the, in the actual game, if your characters survive, do they get the more points to build them and be better in future games? Yes. Yes. You get well. You get money, and yeah, you get points. You can build the characters up over time. Okay. Very right. cool. So there's a reason not to kill yourself. In the yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. If you're playing it more seriously. Yeah. Right. Right. Oh my God! Could you imagine if you played that game in an alter in an altered carbon universe, though? Oh God! Oh yeah! Oh, right. that would be good. Right. Yeah. So so there was the hunt, um, and then you know we I played. Um, uh, James is going to be releasing Pulp Era through TSR. We don't know when, but sometime maybe next year. So we were doing some alpha testing on that tonight. Uh, he's got a top secret game later tonight, which is another TSR game. Um, so, so it's been pretty good, you know, we're running a bunch of TSRs. So what are you, what are you doing, Jonathan? Like, have you gotten into anything? So that, as people probably know, I don't do role-playing games. I've done very, very little bit. I did a little bit of Torg way back in the day, a little bit of D&D, but like not enough to really be familiar or comfortable with any of it. So I always look for board games and miniatures and see what's going on. And I got to play some 1775, which is an amazing game by Academy Games, board game, American Revolution, that's up to four players, you can do as little as two, one side is the British, they divide it over to British and British Loyalists, so you get the Redfoot Army and you get the Loyalists, and then the other side of course is you get the Patriots, American militia, and that kind of thing, and Continental Army. Uh, kind of think of the board as like a risk style board, where you have meeples, wooden cubes that you put down that represent armies and fighting forces, and you can create actual larger armies out of any number of those cubes. And each cube represents a dice that you can roll. But you only have so many dice in this. You might have, say, three red dice and two yellow that you can use. So if you bring, like, ten red cubes with you when you attack an area, you're only rolling those three red dice, so it doesn't matter. So you need to find the right combination of things to get the good probability. And the game ends with the winner when you count up who owns each colony. And then the side with more colonies wins. And it sounds easy, right? You move stuff around, whatever, how hard it's going to be. You just look, you look at the map, right? And you do your strategy and figure it out. There's cards. So everything is gone through this card mechanic, mm-hmm. which you'd be familiar with. Right. You have a hand of three cards. Some cards are special event cards. They represent things that happen, like Betsy Ross might have an effect in there, uh, or the um, French coming into Newport, or the, the Hessians you know, arriving in and so forth. Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, so those come up randomly, of course, as you have a deck. And then you have to play a movement card every turn. And that denotes how many armies you can move, where you can move them. You get reinforcements at the start of your phase, which represents new units coming in, but also you might have units that have fled. Instead of them fleeing, like they came into here, right? Someone got a combat near Boston, and then see if some of your units fled. They don't flee nearby, as you, you and I might think. Like, okay. they go nearby to the nearest right. friendly forces, right? <laughs> They end up in this little pile out in the Atlantic Ocean, and you can put them anywhere on the map when they come back, which is a little weird. There's international waters. Yeah, we'll they get pushed out into the water. They just you sit here on this island, this maybe oh, yeah. island like right. China, and then uh, they come back. And there's some of course restrictions to that. So you really get this ebb and flow with it, and because of the randomness of the chance, you never know how it's going to end up. And I found every single game that I've ever played comes down to the very last turn that you play and the last. Um, 
rounds of it because it's it's not a standard you go I go method. You pull colored cubes out, and each color represents a different faction. So you don't know who's coming up, when they're coming up, and so it kind of keeps you on your toes. Unlike chess, where you can be like, I'm going to plan out 20, you know, uh, turns in advance. You really have to be thinking in the now. But there, there is a reward for skill, though, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. It, like if you're better at the game, you do stand a chance of winning. Of course, better. it's not all chance. Because if it was just all chance, then I mean, like, why bother playing, okay, right? Okay. So you really do need to kind of figure out what areas are the most important to you. Where do you really have a chance of making a difference when it comes to your turn? And right. you need to build up your forces accordingly so that, like, when you move your units out from your base where you are at to go and attack a nearby place, you don't want to leave your home base empty because. And they just come right in and do everything you've done. Right. What game is this? Again? 1775. Okay. Academy Games. You can actually pick it up. Crossroad Games from Maine carries it. They're here at TotalCon. They do some of the other conventions around here. They where I picked up my copy. Great game. I highly recommend. Uh, so I, I did a pickup game of it, actually. Uh, buddy of mine had it. Now, that is not the game that I saw you sitting at. No. You were at a very robust terrain type of game. Can you explain a little bit about that? Because so, I was fascinated to, you know, the the terrain board oh, yeah. oh, and, yeah. and the gaming Beautiful room. Terrain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a game all of you need to play. You would all love. And it's, is it actually highlighted this year? I think it is. They tend to highlight it, and the guy who runs it, Mike Payne, he used to be a co-host of War Gaming Room. I heard his name. Yes, sir. Okay. And he, as I just happened to dig in, yeah, he's in here. So it's called Searching Hing Hai for the Peking Man. He does a lot of pulp era stuff. He sets it in his fictional Shanghai, which is called Shanghai, of course. And right. he's created all the train from scratch. Nice. It's, it's like this tall. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, it's like 13 feet levels. of table space. Yeah. It, he can fit up 15 to 20 players. And his one rule with this game is that it's for kids and grown-ups who can play well with children. Because as we all know, Sorry. we <laughs> like we may not all want to do that, right? Yeah, I know, I know. And we might not do well with right. it. And he just he wants to get kids into the hobby, so he wants to help promote growth through the hobby. And if the kids are coming in, eventually we're all gonna not be more. We're all gonna die Absolutely. and go away. And then yeah. who's left, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you need to have people. So he does this really open world sort of thing. So you kind of get a little bit of historical aspect, but then he kind of fictionalizes it a little bit. So you get these just like crazy characters that you would get from like any pulp movie, right? And because it's an open world, you can do anything you want. Hmm. He uses a D10 mechanic, so it keeps things really simple. A zero through a four is a success. And, of course, anything higher is not. And when you want to move, it's 2D10. You're, you can take control of boats, vehicles, and all that kind of stuff. Depending on what it is, you might get a 3D10 movement. I happen to have two gyrocopters for some mm-hmm. reason. Don't know why. I mean, okay, all right, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> They move 25 inches, they have these fucking cannons right. on them. Yeah. And shoot and do whatever. And I just, I like, like, if, if you came up to him and you're like, okay, Mike, I want to do this like, completely off the wall. Something that, like, if a player came up to you as a GM, I want to do this crazy thing. And you're, like, you're trying to figure out the difficulty factor, right? Mm-hmm. What's the DC check that you're going to do? So he's doing the same thing, but he's doing more in a minis and pseudo-historical aspect. Oh, okay. So he's like, okay, you want to jump off this building, fly it, and land over on that ship, come down the sail kill the captain and take control. And we're like, okay, yeah, you can do that because it'd be awesome for the game. Or like, roll a couple of D10s and let's see what's going to go on. Right. So mm-hmm. everything's on that D10 mechanic, so you get nice. the really good probability. It's pretty equitable. The kids love it. I love it. I call him a super sad GM. He's probably the best game master I've ever played a game under. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. nice. I think we're going to have to do that. He's fantastic. Well, I mean, I was lucky to have him. Yeah. He does all the conventions. 
goes to council, he goes to Carnage, OGC, Havoc, uh, Huzzah. So he's all the ones up here in New England. I'm probably forgetting something, and for which I do apologize. But he's just he's an amazing person. You know, I saw I saw in the same room. Mm-hmm. This guy had he had a BattleTech board set up, right? Mm-hmm. But the BattleTech figures were like this big. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Oh, so cool. Like, what, like a foot, foot and a half? Yeah, yeah. And, the, you know, the hexes the hexes were like this big, okay. right? <laughs> and he had, you know, he had terrain. So he had, and he used the uh, the foam, like hex cut out, mm-hmm. right, stacked up. And he had these big buildings. Some of his buildings were like this mm-hmm. tall. Okay. And he had water and stuff. And I, 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 I went over and I talked to him for a minute. And I said, oh, my God, these are the big, I, where do these come from? And apparently <laughs> they are figures that you could buy, what? right? Yeah, yeah. Apparently, like he had like a war, like a like like the Warhammer. Okay. Not not Warhammer 40k. The, okay, the rifleman. But, but the rifleman, right? He had that, and he had a bunch of other ones, and then he had he, he had one of his own, basically what he made up. It was a he basically took a giant AT-AT model. Okay. And then took two big Lego blocks and stuck on the side and painted it up to be like a missile pack. Oh, right? cool. Oh, it was badass. I want to try that. I would love, I hope he's here tomorrow and I can go in and squeeze one in because we're leaving later tomorrow than we normally would. If I can squeeze a game in tomorrow somewhere around noonish, that would be okay. fantastic. Because I, you know, Steve, you know, I love Battletech. I know. Battletech's one of my favorite games ever. I love running mechs around. It's the one game I play at every convention I go to. Yeah. Yeah. I um, usually play Battletech here almost yeah. every single time. Last year, I played Car Wars in place of Battletech. I love Car Wars. Yeah. yeah, I was supposed to play Car Wars. I've heard good things. I've never played, but after watching the documentary, it was, people were like strictly like, I love it or I hate it. Right. Like, there was no middle ground for that. So, so um, what do you think? Okay, so Car Wars, you've played Battletech, right? No. I've never played that with, but I've never, it was... Have you played Crimson Skies? No. See, okay. So Battletech was a little too fiddly for me. Like, I could take eight damage to this part of my arm, but four, I was like, get it. Like, okay. do I take damage to the arm or not? So what it is is you have a chart that's basically a drawing of your vehicle, right? Okay. And on that chart, it has little tiny pips, and that's your armor mm-hmm. and the damage it can suffer. When you take a hit, you just check them off. Really easy. Those Straightforward. Very simple system. Okay. I cut my teeth um, on that system a yeah. long time ago. And, um, like, uh, Battletech uses D6s. Car Wars uses D6s. So that very easy, very basic. But what's really nice when you're uh, – just use Battletech as an example. Mm-hmm. Every year they came out with all these new books, and you got to watch the technology develop over decades. That's cool. So – you can go back in time and play the original stuff, which is what I prefer, or you can play the later years. And you can take people from the later years and put them up against the earlier mechs to represent a higher tech society battling a lower tech society. And it still works. It all flows. You know, um, With Car Wars, it's the same thing. You got to watch the technology develop as each new thing came out over the decades. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's, it's really fun games. Quick, easy, you die faster than you can walk across the room. <laughs> well, the Car Wars table here is amazing. Yeah. Stephen yeah. Parento, I think, has done all the terrain for or oh, a bunch of it. He's done some, all of it. There He's is done. another guy who comes here, and he does it every year, and yeah. it was his brother. That's the Bobby guy we played. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. He does a fantastic job, and he does it in honor of his brother who mm-hmm. passed away yeah. several years ago. He still runs that event. Yeah. Bob's such a nice guy. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's yeah. really cool. So what is your favorite um, table, like, work? War games type game. You're like absolutely. Like, you, 
whether it exists anymore or it doesn't, you've got to play here, you didn't. What is it absolutely your favorite? So for me, because I, I tend to do a lot of historicals, which doesn't get a lot of play here, it's odd, because I've talked to the organizers about it in the past. I'm like, you know, they don't mind if, if I want to run or, or anyone wants to run a historical game, uh, historical minis or whatever. And my first year, I was really worried. I was like, okay, so how does this work? Because other cons, you don't register for the game necessarily. A, or like the time slot, you pick the game so like you know mm-hmm. what you're going to get or someone just like you open the doors and, and there you go and I'm like, well, how does it work here and I was really afraid to do all this work right because not to put down RPGs because like you need to have a lot of experience to do it, but with minis like you got to make all that stuff mm-hmm. you got to build it and then, like it's boxes yes. of stuff that you got to bring so like the game you saw um, that guy Mike who has it he has a pickup truck and he fills the whole back of his pickup truck mm-hmm. with all that stuff and I was like I don't want to have to be lugging Crate after crate of minis mm-hmm. and terrain and just all the stuff if no one's going to come. So I had a freak out, as I do. Uh, I, I get stressed, and I'm like, ah! And then I, I move on. And so I talked to with Angela, and she's like, you know what? We get a lot of historical people who like to come, but they tend to come here because they want to play other stuff. And yet they see historical things that they don't see elsewhere. They'll play it here. And so the first year, I ran something with uh, my buddy and co-host, Adrian, who's not here because... He's a wimp and decided he'd rather go <laughs> to Texas to go on vacation with his family instead yeah. of coming here and having a good time because what? Hey, he's not here. He can't defend himself. So right, I, yeah, exactly. free game. Adrian, I can't tell you how many autographs I've given based on the movie premiere that was here. Which yeah, he's in. Gosh, which I mean, you're in. Gosh. You could have been a celebrity. But he did. Yeah, sure blew it. You, yeah, blew you it. had Sorry. a lot of talking yeah. going on on that one. Sorry. Too. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. Very disappointed. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we should just cut it out. I mean, I haven't really sent it to many places. <laughs> I know. It's just been a few, right? Just right. a couple dozen. I mean, kind of, that's kind of a thumb in the just eye. Black, yeah. black out his head. And just the, the voice, voice, voice like this. <laughs> <laughs> well, the heart is that low. Maybe right, yeah. <laughs> oh, make it like this. <laughs> make him sound more like me. Oh, him and the other You woman. sound just fine. Oh, thank man. you. I still get... Ma'am, can I talk to your husband? What? Is your parent there? Really? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you actually didn't answer my question. No, yet. I didn't. But uh, see, that's what I do because, as a former politician, I never answer questions. And I just talk around, like them. a good person, you know, like uh, press. Yeah. I should get to it. Yeah. So, the first year, what we did—it's rule system. It's called Black Powder. It's put up by Warlord Games, and it's actually made mention of Warhammer 40k. The guys who created Warhammer and Warhammer 40K, who worked for Games Workshop, which is here because mm-hmm. of Dungeons and Dragons, because they originally sold D and D, they got the uh, an early license from TSR to do that, mm-hmm. and then they decided they wanted to broaden out and create their own IP. So they did a fantasy miniatures game inspired by, and so forth. Um, they all left and decided we really like historical games. We don't want to do this fantasy stuff. We want to do this like this is our real passion that paid the bills. But now we're going to do this, and we got our name up. So they created something called Black Powder, which is this really broad rule set that covers basically from just after like medieval times all the way up to early 1920s to the modest war so you can do anything really from like war of the roses right on mm-hmm. up and they've since kind of split things off so they actually have like they call pike and shot which really does that english civil war kind of stuff they have an ancient series called you know, caesar so you can do the biblical stuff you can do right. um, feudal japan or any of that kind of stuff but what i really love about black powder is because it's so broad although it's not going to get in the nitty-gritty for any one particular thing you paid 35 bucks for your rule book 
-hmm. you get whatever, and that basically opens the door to you. So you can get a lot of mileage for your dollars. And then you can use whatever you want for the miniatures. Right. And you can alter the rules. They encourage you, actually, in the book. They're like, do what works for your gamer group. Because these are the rules that they use with their friends. And they said maybe other people like it, and other people did, and they put it out. And so you can just get a lot done with it. And they've since added a lot of expansions and different like modules or whatever mm -hmm. for any sort of RPG system to just kind of grow their universe. And then they complemented it with terrain and uh, models and all that kind of stuff, and just kind of created their whole, I mean, enterprise really. So you can have that one-stop shop with them and get it. And it's smart. It's it's great business, but it's also good for the consumer. So I like I can I get this one rule book. And I've gotten game after game after game out of it here, running things, doing different battles. You can do American Civil War, Red War. You can do Napoleonics. I mean, you can, you can do it all. So that's your favorite system. Yeah. It's called, and it's called Black Pound. And it is, and it's also the game. Right. Well, there you have it, folks. The best and most amazing host of any wargaming and I podcast never, oh, no, 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 in no. the world is telling you. I never said the best. best. I'm just too stubborn no, to quit. Mike said the best, and I'm going to agree, yeah, it's the best. I have to agree as well. So you got three votes. Hey, so so by the way, <laughs> hi David. David yes. joined us. Yes, David Benavides. Mad props, who everyone knows. Right. Yes. 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 All right. So you know we don't want to make this one too awful long. No, 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 no. Right. How we do? How are we on time? What are we're we doing? doing well. Right. Okay. We're doing well. Right. What are we? We're halfway through. Half, halfway through. Okay. Half, so right. so what do, what do we want to talk I, about now? I wanted to just talk about a little bit, just in general, of. Um, uh, TotalCon and our experiences so far. I'm, let me start, and this is something that you and I did talk about yep, already, yep. and that is that uh, Pete and I flew here this time. Usually it's a nice, uh, i, I got to use the scare quotes, nice, uh, nice <laughs> seven-hour drive if, if we're lucky. If we're lucky. Uh, and where we start at six, five, six in the morning um, from Baltimore, northern Baltimore County, and we'll make our way up around the New York area and However, that all goes up to... We get lost yeah, in this one spot every somewhere, time. Somewhere, yeah. And then all of a sudden, yeah, we get here, and our, uh, you know, our uh, accents are changing, and yeah. uh, everyone says, you know, hey, how you doing there? Right. So... Yeah, I just came from the dungeon. <laughs> this time, we didn't, have, we didn't have time. <laughs> we didn't have time to draw, to get our uh, our voices to change, our voices, right, uh, accents to change. So uh, we flew, and uh, even though the flight itself was a little... It, iffy. Um, we finally got, did get here. Wheels down. Excellent. I think the most uh, kind of just beneficial thing for us was uh, we actually gained through this flying a, an entire day. We uh, got here or like, you know, 11.30. We got to the con around 12, 1 o'clock. No, it was, dude, it was before 12. It was a good before. It was like at least 11.30 we were in. Yeah, and, you know, we were able to check in early. So we actually had like half a day to actually do something on uh, Thursday. Yeah. And since we're leaving at 5 o'clock on Friday, we'll have all day tomorrow, I mean on Sunday. Sunday, we'll have all day tomorrow morning to do something. So we actually gained an entire day, whereas we would be leaving, we're pushing it if we leave 11 o'clock, you know, right. to get home at 8 o'clock. Yeah. You know. Or 9 or whatever, yeah. right? And then get up and go to work the next day. You know, so it, it's, um, it, it's been great, you know, and the flight... The flight was low stress. The um, you know we we didn't. I don't know. It was it was great. Yeah. I, I I wish we could fly every time. If I had a nickel for every time I heard Pete say something was low stress, I'd have. Well, I have a nickel. You have a nickel, <laughs> and it would have just appeared in my hand right, right. now. <laughs> now, while so. you guys did the flying, 
I did the driving from uh, down in the Baltimore area. Right. So we came up on Wednesday. We had the seven-hour drive. And who's we? Me and Nino, my brother-in-law. Oh, cool. um, he looks like a goat, but he's not here to show off. Um, <laughs> he's a handsome goat. Yes. A handsome goat. Yes. Very handsome goat. And because we got in early, we were able to start getting games in Wednesday night, yeah. which was really sweet. That's I wish I had one more day yeah. Yeah. like that I could put in, but sorry, I know. I don't care. Um, but I have, uh, you know, I, I'm going to GaryCon in two weeks, mm-hmm. so I have to take some more time off of work, yeah. and yeah. so I couldn't take that extra day. Gotcha. Uh, so I was like, all right, fine, we'll fly in Thursday. And, and Mike, I mean, with his new job situation, it's hard for him to take extra time off as yes. well. So, yeah, victim of victim of time. See, I'm envious because every year I'm like, okay, all this stuff happens on Thursday, like the flea market. I get really excited about it. Mm-hmm. I'm not taking Thursday off from work. And I'm not coming from after. I'm local, right? But traffic here is ridiculous. I mean, it's like you're, you're not going to go. One of, every year, I'm like, I'm going to take off. I'm going to just, I'm going to do it. And I also say, I'm going to take the Monday off because I'm a zombie on Mondays and I never do it. So right. I'm going to be at work Monday and be like, darn it. I, I shouldn't have took Monday off. I should have went on Thursday. So what is this area in, of Massachusetts called here? We're, so we're... Metro West. So we're, this is West because... I just, to me, when I look at the map, it feels kind of like we're central. You're kind of in the middle, but so you're not quite in the middle because you go a little bit further west and you get to Worcester, the Worcester Hills. Worcester? Worcester? Is that Worcester? And then you go to Springfield and so yeah. forth and from there. But you're not quite all the way east in Boston, so you're not actually Boston. And you're not so, North Shore, South Shore, or whatever. So we're in not Boston. Not Boston. Right. That's, that's where we are. Not Boston. And as far as we're concerned, it's <laughs> Boston, New York, nothing. California, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, <laughs> uh, not to say that it's too entirely important, but there is a whole world in between. Yes. Yeah. No, I, there no. isn't. He pointed out that Springfield is here, and we know that that's the center of the universe. Yes, yes. also is where the Simpsons are from. Yes. that's from any there. point in Springfield, <laughs> yes. Mass. Yeah. You could get to any other Springfield anywhere in the country. Well, they're teleportation devices. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. So you just you go on, and the next thing you know, bam! Right. Books on paper. Of course it does. Yeah. So we, we've got a few more things left to do at this convention. we still got some more, like, after this is done recording. We've already got people starting to filter into the room for uh, for the events that are coming up. Um, so we've got a couple more events tonight. Tonight, And then after that, we've got we've got an industry party that we do. Yep. That, that we're going to go to, which is fun because it's, it's mostly just the uh, – the industry folks who get together and, and hang out. It's, it's kind of for us because we, you know, we, we do a lot of work and put stuff together. and we, It's an opportunity for us to network. Uh, and then tomorrow, you roll out, Steve, early, right? Yeah, I'll leave around 11. Okay. Maybe earlier. It depends on the mood. Yeah. Right. And then you, when do you leave? I leave about noontime or a little bit before. Right. And then we're going to stay. We're going to stay. <laughs> we're going to see people off. Oh, uh, hey, drive safe. Yes. Right, drive safe. Mm-hmm. All right, drive safe. Drive <laughs> safe. And then hopefully we'll get a ride to the to the airport, but otherwise we'll Uber out to the airport. And and you know what? Uh, let me take this time to say one thing. I give Pete a lot of shit, and and, and sometimes I, I make him out to be a bad guy, or sometimes I'm an a hole, and he is right to point it out. But I want to say something to you. I want to give you credit. Thank you wholeheartedly from the cockles all the way to the top. Right. That you know for giving me you. you Pete uses miles. Yes, and, and I thank you for that. Yeah, That's really sweet. Yeah, yeah. I had it, it was. I was looking at the miles. I was looking at flying up here, uh, and I have uh, an American uh, American Express, or not American Express, American something airlines. 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 Yeah, well, it's an AA. It's a weird name. It's like an aviator card or some something like that. And 
I had like 45,000 points on it. And I just, you know, I don't like flying American, like in particular. I just don't. They Out of BWI, they don't fly anywhere. You got to go up to Philly to get a decent flight out of anywhere. And even there, it's not great, right? So I was just like, ugh. I've tried to use them before. I was going to use them to fly to GaryCon. It was not working. So I was like, well, you know what? I'm looking at, I'm looking at Philly to Boston. Not so bad. I was like, that's all right. So it was literally like 30,000 points for the both of us to fly. Still at 15,000 points. I don't know when the hell I'm ever going to use them. We'll but, see what we can do. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, so I was like, I want to fly. I know Mike can't afford it, so I'm just going to give you 15,000 of my points. I don't care. It's cool. And it's been great. Yeah. The only thing that was a, was a little weird was our flight out here. We had They like delayed our plane, then they stuck us on a different plane. Because apparently they keep one in the garage, right? You you laughed at me. I was like, oh, they got to have a plane in the garage just waiting in case one breaks down. He's like, yeah, right. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're just sitting there waiting. And they said, well, folks, we were able to uh, get another plane for you. We're uh, ready to board. So, uh, right. Same size plane and everything. Had our same seats and everything. Now, now the best part, because I think we even, I don't know if we tweeted this out or not, but the captain goes, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to thank you for waiting. We apologize for the delay and uh, – the other plane was not suitable for Boston. This one seems to be good so far. <laughs> like everyone's like, you know, sphincter and eyes, you know, one dilated and one constricted. You yeah. can judge. So and, and then Mike's yeah. like, I started, I started going, yeah, you know, if we get up in the air and one of the engines falls off, you know, we'll be careful. I'll let you know about that. Mike's like, you know, Pete, uh, people listen. Some people are anxious to fly. I'm like, uh, we haven't seen any smoke fill the cabin just yet, but... And he's like, stop, stop. I'm like, <laughs> I was like, hey, our wing is still attached. <laughs> but no, no, it was fine. We took off. We need people to grab one of the wings right, to help right, us right. fly the plane. No, one more thing, though. Wow, this flight was so short. Right? Yeah. It, it was, we were like, were you up, like up in the air for 30 we minutes. We like up and then down. So the, they bring the cart out and they start giving everybody drinks and stuff. Where's your coffee, right, sir? Yeah, and I got coffee. I got hot coffee. And I'm like, okay. oh, thank you. Great. And they give me these cookies. You know, right. like, they're really good. I'm dipping. And I'm like, oh, this is really nice, right? Uh, prepare to fold up your tray. Prepare to land. I'm like, I just. And like, literally, all of a sudden, I just. I just yeah, and we're starting. <laughs> and we're like hitting turbulence. And I'm like, oh, God. And it was like spilling. I, I spilled it on my leg. And I'm like, what? And I did the only thing I could do. Laugh. I laughed my <laughs> ass off. Because I'm like, I'm like, I need to drink it down. Oh, it's hot, it's hot. It was, that coffee was still <laughs> steaming hot. And I'm like, ah, ah. <laughs> but, but it was fine. And no, we, we, we landed. It was great. Uh, uh, we went outside. Jen Gerber, a little shout out to Jen Gerber. She came and picked us up. Showed up like, poof, like isn't she like, amazing? Like she a is. genie. She She's awesome. Yes. Thank you, Jen. Yeah. I, I, I texted her and said, hey, we landed. She's like, all right, I'm running a little bit behind. It's traffic. I'm like, all right, no problem, whatever. Yeah. So we go out to the spot uh, where they pick, they have pickup, and then whoop, here she comes. Yeah. I was like, God, how did you get? Did you teleport here? <laughs> so that was cool, and uh, they're gonna they're gonna help us get back to the plane too. So that's yeah. awesome. Well, she's now industry guest coordinator for the yeah. convention. Yeah. Big step amazing. up for her. Yeah, but we kind of pulled that out of nowhere. Like yeah, we no. decided to fly late. I didn't make any arrangements ahead of time. Well, but do you know what? I think that just goes to show not only what the con does for industry guests, but they do that for everyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, not literally going to be like, hey, come and play. Right. But they, they really do what they can to make this as accessible, as friendly, and as yeah. welcoming for mm-hmm. everyone, no matter what you want to play, no matter who you are, right. what you like. This is a – it's a place for you. Right. If anyone – if you are anywhere on the northeast coast from Baltimore on up to Maine – 
uh, I highly suggest TotalCon. I really do. Right? We we make every year we make new and just more awesome friends. Well, shit, I, I I've stolen Steve up here, man. I convinced you to come up. Yes, you did. And he's I, become I like a like, regular. <laughs> I originally was like, there is no way I'm driving to Boston for a convention, especially a small convention. This is a small convention. Comparatively. What I'm yeah. used to. Yeah. About a thousand people. Yeah. And he convinced me to come up here, and I have to admit, they, since I have come the very first time, they have treated me like family. I've made so many friends here. And then like in the film. Almost everyone we interviewed, no matter where I was interviewing them, said TotalCon was the best convention. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. Yeah. It really is. It's it's like I call it a big small convention. Mm-hmm. So it's it's like a small gaming convention, but they treat it like a big convention. It's yeah. with big, a big heart. Right. Well, it's big. I mean, it's big enough to do everything you want to do to have more stuff than you can do, mm-hmm. right? But not big like Gen Con where you just get lost. It's like a family. Yeah. Yeah. And, and nothing against Gen Con. Look, I like Gen Con. Gen Con's fun. But it's a different kind of con. No, well, it's the it's the best smallest convention in New England. Yep, and it's growing every Possibly year. Possibly on the East Coast. This year is the biggest. They they she didn't she didn't confirm it yet, but she was saying that they were looking to sell out today. Yeah, like oh, they nice. might have to turn people away. Wow, which is the first time ever. That's pretty cool. And they've got. She said she has access to the convention center that's right over there. Mm-hmm. And she said that if it gets big enough, they will expand into that. Wow. So pretty cool. Yeah, stuff. Pretty very cool. much so. All right. Is there anything else? Um, do any of you guys have cool stuff coming up that you want to highlight? Or... Oh, just my Kickstarter yeah. coming up. Cuba Death. Maybe next month. Cuba mm-hmm. Death. I'm hoping next month. I'm hoping there's a lot of prep work into one of these things. And, I, you know, I don't know if people realize how much work goes into a Kickstarter. You've done one. I've done, you've yeah, done, I've done couple. several. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I've had one successful. Uh, it is It is not easy. I mean, you don't just no. go, oh, yeah, I'm just going to do a Kickstarter and raise some money. And you know, No. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of work. And that's why this one has been delayed like three times because right. you, just, you want the pieces to fall right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm getting there. It's, the game is pre- basically done. I'm just trying to hammer down the last few things, and then it'll go. Well, you and I talked about it on the previous episode of yep. my show. Yep, yep. Who do we have um, on our next episode uh, Monday? We're going to do a show when we... Well, no, what's yes. funny is is that we were going to do a show about TotalCon, like a TotalCon wrap-up. So um, so we, we may just show this show. You get a week show. off. <laughs> well, we may just show this show. So if right. you're watching this now or, or when, I don't know, whenever you're watching it, this may replace our Monday show that we would normally do, yeah. uh, mainly because it's doing exactly what we were going to do anyway. I'll see if I can talk to it. All right, we'll see. Yeah. So I got something I'm working on that you guys are well aware of, and it's called the Nerd Broadcasting Network. It's a television station that we are getting closer by the day to launching, and if we are able to do what we hope to do, we will be bringing you a sci-fi and horror and gaming-based television show geared completely towards nerd culture. We've already licensed over 300 movies. We've licensed about 45 uh, television series, including old things like your favorite, uh, Flash Gordon. Yes. Uh, Undersea Kingdom and various other of the old serials. I got to hook up with somebody who has original reels for many of these films, and we are the ones actually digitizing them, which is really cool. Hopefully, 
everything goes right, and by summer we'll launch. Uh, we use TotalCon as the big announce that we're moving forward. The only thing holding us back is the key funding. So if any of you are rich millionaires or billionaires and want to come and gain a part of the company, give me a call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then the Mythwits is going to be part of the broadcast network, and we're going to be on. Yes, so and, and other shows as well. So it, it, you know, it's it's going to be a startup. Some of the shows yes. are not going to be super Hollywood published just yet, but we'll get there. Mm -hmm. the we is, may yeah. even bring you some old uh, Mythwits episodes, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which are not polished. They're going to be authentic. Yes, real. Deal. Very realistic. <laughs> yes. yes. Very lifelike. Yes. Yes. And then if we're able to do everything we want to do, we will set up a full production facility right. for making very high-quality programming. Right. The, the plan would be, the big ultimate big plan would be uh, Mythwits would, would actually film out of a studio at that point. Yes. So you would, we would have an engineer. So it wouldn't be me <laughs> cursing every time something didn't work right. right. Oh, well. Well, I might be cursing at, somebody else. at someone else. Not at right. <laughs> Yeah, complete studio with green room and everything else. So right. and then, it'll be nice. And then we, green M and M's in the green room. I can't uh, have that. And then of course we could we, we could create other content to show during the show yeah. that we would actually have time to like create real content, like fun stuff. You know, going mm -hmm. places, filming. Like, hey, let's show that video of blah blah blah. Yeah, mm -hmm. like yeah. movies with Libby. Yeah. Oh. Um, um, yeah. We we also are pitching a um, a uh, reality show that any nerd out there would probably be interested in. It's going to be called Nerds in the Woods. Right. <laughs> and that's going to be really fun, but I can't tell you other than that, other than the title at okay. this time. All right. And Jonathan? Well, so for us, as I said at the start of the show, this is episode 203, and if anyone who listened to it is interested in actually diving deeper into the stuff we talked about, covered a lot of things there, right? Yeah. So uh, we do really in-depth show notes. I get a guy, uh, Joshua, he's amazing. He's down in Australia. And I'm able to pay for him through our Patreon campaign. So I want to thank all of our Patreon supporters for that. But uh, you can go to wargamingrecon.com slash WR203 to get those show notes. But we actually have some really cool reviews coming up of different products. We're going to be doing some other conventions. Uh, doing so, like you guys have mentioned, how summer's really kind of a, a dead-ish time for you because life is so busy for us. It ramps up, right? So we, we used to do tons and tons of conventions. And we've scale back to really cherry pick the ones that have the highest impact because for us oddly enough those are the ones that our audience like less than our other content really yeah okay. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, so they're like we didn't go to the con we can't go i mean the people in the uk and australia and all they're like we're not going to what i don't blame them right so they're less likely to want to listen to such a thing but we really still want to focus on some of these hyper local events that are important to uh, portions of our audience but one thing i'm really really excited about and it kind of connects back into the home total con thing is um, last year before last i think it was uh stefan picorni had come mm -hmm. he of course is uh, from dwarf forge fame and he's going to be coming on our show and that episode's scheduled to release june 18th he's going to be talking about dwarf forge kickstarter 6 and he has a mini kickstarter coming up before that it's going to be just for figures for gloria and kickstarter 6 is going to be another dungeon of doom kind of thing so as far as I know, we're going to be either the first or one of the first public looks at this, really talk about the Kickstarter, and um, maybe see some concept art and things like that. So awesome. that'll be June of 2018, so we're just excited hey, for that. try and make sure that he, he agrees to put 
embed the video yes. whatever, onto his Kickstarter page. <laughs> it doesn't hurt. He can put it right down the bottom. Yeah, yeah. And it's good. Yep. It's it's good for the backers, mm-hmm. you know, because they can see the interview and see like you know an in depth talk about the product. Yeah. So uh, uh, you should do that. Yeah, we've done it with some other Kickstarters that we've yeah. covered. We try not to cover it a whole lot. We've all talked yeah. about it earlier. Yeah, yeah. 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 lives talking about Kickstarter, right? They never get anywhere. And I mean, they're great, but it's not really what our shows are are about. Uh, but sometimes one jumps out at you, and like Dwarven Forge jumps out at me, even though I'm not an RPG or whatever. Like, there's a lot of value there for any type of gaming that one would like to do. Hey, Jenny says, "Nice beard, Kafus." <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, baby. All right, uh, yeah. So, all right, and no, if, but that's us. If you're watching this on Wargaming Recon, if you're watching it through Jonathan's show, we're the Mythwits. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve is not already a Mythwit. Uh, so we're, we're the Mythwits. Make sure you check out Mythwits.com. You can find us on YouTube at, you know, YouTube forward slash Mythwits. Uh, and on Facebook forward slash Mythwits, uh, which this is live right now, so you're watching it live. Sign so up. Know. Sign up. Uh, see us on Twitter. Sign up for the on our website. Become a Mythfit. Yes. Yeah. And if you like podcasts, you can always uh, subscribe to us on any podcatcher you have, Mythwits. Just look up Mythwits, you'll find Give us some feedback, please. Yeah. We need the validation. And uh, Steve? Yes. Which? Oh, I'm Nerd Rage News, uh, and I do something similar to them, but they do it with more style. All right, fair enough. And then both of us are part of the TSR Podcast Network, and if you like our shows, you can find other great quality podcasts to listen to and to watch. And for those of you who are fans of Wargaming Recon, you know what I'm going to say. It's cheesy, but you love it. No matter how busy you are, no matter what's going on in your life, you know that you have to, you gotta, you need to keep on gaming. And and uh, thanks for for joining the Mythwits. Uh, you know, subscribe in all the places. Do the like, follow, subscribe thing wherever appropriate. And Mike. Oh God. <laughs> oh God. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> all right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. <laughs>